Hey everybody and welcome to Anchor Girls Podcast with your Anchor Girl Maria. Good morning. God bless you guys. I hope you guys are having a lovely Monday so far. Um, ugh, it is Monday. The kids are back to school. Spring break is over. They're back in school. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm just here with my little one. I just finished picking up. The house smells delish. I got my coffee going, my caramel coffee going and... I'm just relaxing right now before I have to go and make my bed and get ready for the day. So I wanted to let you guys know that for now on, Devo slash prayer will be Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays because every Wednesday, Sierra will be posting her declaration Wednesdays and Fridays, we will be getting together to do girl talk. And I also have a podcast on my own. Um, that I'm working on and it's just a lot to you know write down um, ideas and stuff and content for um, two podcasts Um, I usually write for girl talk Fridays and I do my devotionals a day ahead so that I'm able to, you know, be collected and, and prepared for the devotionals every day so Devotionals will be Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, and Wednesdays is Declaration Wednesdays with Sierra, and Friday is Girl Talk with the both of us. So this week, it is Mother's Day week. Oh my goodness, my favorite holiday. Um, Not really, but yeah, I like Mother's Day, but my favorite day is my birthday, which is this year falls on a Friday. Um, It's May 21st. If y'all want to give me a gift, just let me know just kidding but um but yeah we are going to be talking about some some of my um favorite moms on in the bible and every um today tuesday and thursday i'll be speaking about three moms in the bible and just giving you guys a thought and just praying with you guys so let's get into this and let's start doing the devotional slash prayer. Hey guys, it's your anchor girl Maria, and what I do Monday through Friday in the morning is bring a devotional slash prayer. 2020 was such a hard year for me. My prayer life was in a place that I did not want it to be. I had a hard time getting into the word and praying, so I decided that I will record myself praying and give our listeners a devotional that will encourage you and get you ready for the day. So come and join me, your girl, Anchor Girl Maria, for prayer time. All right, so we are in episode 53, and I'm titling this devotional Mother of Many Nations, and we're going to be speaking about Sarah, the mother of Isaac and the wife of Abraham, if you didn't know. In the verse, it could be found in your Bibles at Genesis um, chapter 17, verse 16. And the word of God is read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations Kings of nations will become her descendants. Do you like receiving verses of the day? Do you like doing devotionals with friends or maybe even by yourself? I have the perfect app for you. 
Uversion, also known as Bible.com or the Bible app, is an online and mobile Bible platform published by Android, iOS, Windows Phone, and many other operating systems. It also supports a variety of other platforms. This app has changed over the years and it has some really cool features. It gives you a new story to hear every morning and prayer. It allows you to connect with friends and family and many others. I have been using the Uversion app for over six years and have built an amazing community of friends and family that I meet through social media and in church. I also do Bible devotionals with my pastor and enjoy reading what my pastor has to say about the devotional of the day. The Bible app has dozens of devotionals to choose from and even gives you the option to change the version and language that you would like your Bible to be. I read the NLT or NIV and of course it is in English. This app also gives you audio options to listen while you work out, work, or even drive. The app is free, guys, and available in all app stores. So Sarah is the only woman in the Bible whose name was changed by God. She was first called Sarai, meaning my princess, but God changed her name to Sarah, signifying princess to all. Why did this name change occur? God reveals that that answer in verse 16. And I will bless her and also give you, Abraham, a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nation. Kings of people shall be from her. Sarah was blessed by God to become a royal princess. She would be a mother of nations to come. She would also be a mother of kings of peoples. Royal line ages would come from her. She would be the mother of the royal line of King David from which the Savior would come. Sarah was promised a son and his name was to be called Isaac, verse 19. God would establish his covenant with him as he did with Abraham for an everlasting covenant. And God would also establish his covenant with the descendants of Isaac. Notice what God said to Isaac in Genesis 26, verse 3 to 4. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants, I give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands and in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. That promised seed was Jesus Christ. Sarah had been unable to have children for many years. She decided to give her handmaid, Hagar, to her husband in order to obtain children by her. At this moment, I feel like Sarah just couldn't believe in the promise of having a son because she was old. She wasn't, she wasn't young, y'all. She was already hanging. She was in her 90s. Like, she was already old. And, you know, her and Abraham still didn't have kids. So she was like, you know what? Here, bro, just have just have my maid and let's make this God promise happen. This was not how God intended to give Abraham and Sarah and Sarah and Hare, but was a mistake from which they learned to more fully trust in God. Once Hagar had Ishmael, which I love that name, Abraham's first son. Hagar despised Sarah. I wonder why she despised her. I wonder if Hagar didn't want to have a baby. Maybe she didn't want to have a baby. Maybe she was like, yo, I ain't trying to have a kid with your husband. 
Like, listen to the Lord. Like, he said he got to give you a kid, so just listen to him. Like, I try to have a kid with your husband. But who knows? We will never know. But she despised Sarah for a reason. Every turn, Sarah dealt harshly with her handmaid. Years passed, Ishmael grew and had a relationship with his father. And still, Sarah remained childish. Childless. Sorry, not childish. She remained childless. Finally, when she was... When she was 90 years old, God again promised her a son. At first, she laughed. I, I can't believe she laughed at God. Like, she was probably like, <laughs> you, what? Like, I'm old. I'm, I'm dusty and rusty. Like, <laughs> I can't have kids. I'm old. But what's impossible to us is possible to God, you know? So God told Abraham, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Because, you know, she was nosy. And you can find that at Genesis 18.10. Notice verses 12 to 13. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? So, see, this is what we got to understand. We cannot do absolutely anything behind God's back because I'm pretty sure she was being nosy and like hearing the conversation between God and Abraham. And God was like, God was probably in heaven like, is she for real right now? Is she being nosy? Like, does she think I can't see her? Because I can definitely see her. The next sentence is most profound. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Hey, God, he's telling you god is the real og like he's like is anything too hard for me like do you not know who i am do you like i created the world like you do you honestly think that you being 90 is a challenge for me girl like uh uh-uh it ain't a challenge god can do anything god is not hindered by physical limits he transcends all things and that is why he is dogmatically state dogmatically stated I don't know why I write these words and can't even um, pronounce them. At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. Verse 14. In spite of the initial laugh, Sarah came to truly believe God could, could and would do what he said. By faith, Sarah herself also restre- received strength Whoa, guys, today my words are just not coming out right. She received strength to conceive seed and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as a good as good as dead were born as many as the stars is multitude innumerable as the sand which is on the seashore and you could find that in hebrews 11 11 um chapter 11 verse 11 through 12 one act of believing faith can have long lasting you know long lasting results from sarah's son isaac came countless multitudes and nations and kings and y'all 
the king of all kings that came through that descendants. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He's the king of kings and he was born through this line of descendants through this family. And yes, I think it's beautiful. And what I want to um, include here before I finish and start praying is that I myself had a had a moment where I was getting pregnant, but it was like my babies were not growing where there was where they were supposed to grow. And I ended up catching an infection in both my tubes. And I remember a doctor telling me that I could not have children anymore, that it was very dangerous for me and that they had to do an operation and remove the tubes so that if I was to get pregnant again, the infection didn't get worse or a worst case scenario, a baby will grow inside the tubes, which that is very dangerous for a for a woman. So I remember um, being super depressed and feeling like, you know, God, how can this happen to me? Like, I I understand. I started to feel like my past sin as a teenager was the reason I was being punished now. And I remember I kept crying and it was like, God, you know, I finally found somebody that I that I love and I want to be able to share, you know, children with him because um, William, he was he isn't the father of my two oldest kids. So I, I really wanted to share children with him. And I remember just praying and asking God in, in my own alone time, like, God, please just like even if it's just one time. Even if it's just one child that I get to share with him, that will be enough for me. And I remember, one, you know, going into the to the doctors because when you have infections in your tubes, doctors want to check it out before they they remove them and stuff like that. And I remember, um, one time I'm feeling like super sick. I have like this huge headache, and I just I wasn't feeling myself that day. So I'm like, you know what, let me go get a pregnancy test and let me check if I'm pregnant. Because if I if I was pregnant, it was told by the doctor, if you get pregnant again, you need to ASAP come into the hospital because we have to, you know, we have to check to um, determine the pregnancy because it's not going to you're not going to have any any more normal pregnancies ever. Like we have to give you a shot to um, get rid of the baby that will always grow inside a tube. So I remember my my test came out positive and I did not go to the hospital that day, guys. I was at home just like thinking. I remember I was just thinking and I, I kept telling William, like, you know, I'm sad. I'm sad that every time this happens, I got to go to a doctor so that they could give me a shot to to, you know, to get rid of the baby because they will never, you know, we were told I will never have babies again because they'll just always end up in my tubes. And, you know, I'm supposed to get an operation in a month to get the tubes removed and just so many things that I was going through. So I remember William was like, well, you know, it's a little late, just sleep it through and we'll figure it out. We'll figure out what, what needs to happen the next day. So the next day we went into the hospital, like they told us and I remember just sitting there and I started crying and William was just like, why are you crying? I don't understand why you're crying. Like it's, everything's going to be okay. Cause let me tell you guys, 
William is definitely my opposite. William's very, very positive. And he is so, like his faith is so inspiring to me because William believes in everything will turn out okay. Like he never doubts God. He never doubts God's power. He never doubts it. So he's like, babe, God got this. We're going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. Um, you're going to be fine. And he, I remember he tells me what matters is that you're healthy and that's all that matters to me. He's like, I don't, even if I never get to share a child with you, you know, I have Emmanuel and Sierra. I'm raising them. They are my kids. Those are my children. That's how I see it. And I do have children with you because I'm raising these children with you. But although I, I loved what he was telling me in my heart, I just desired to share to share a baby with someone who I've fallen in love with because it was different. You know, um, when I had my son at 15, I wasn't in love with my son's father. I wasn't even interested in my son's father. It just happened. And then when I got pregnant with my daughter, I ended up getting pregnant from a from a friend, from my best friend who I I looked at as a as my big brother. So I there was no there was no like, oh my goodness, we're having a baby moment, you know, there. I was 17 with two kids and I wasn't with either of the fathers and finally found someone who accepted me and my two babies. And, you know, I just, you know, we, we've already were together for about seven years in and I was like, you know, I just want to share a baby with you. And it, it was hard. It was very hard. We went through, um, we went through four miscarriages and about six ectopic pregnancies, which that's when the babies grow inside the tubes. And I just, I was exhausted. I was going through a lot. And I remember when I was sitting in the hospital bed, I just remember the last miscarriage I had was so bad. It was so bad. I lost so much blood and they had to um, give me like blood because I lost a lot of blood. And it was just, it was horrible. Like that miscarriage was the worst. Like when you, when you feel that pain and you see all that blood everywhere and then, you know, you see the little, I'm going to cry. I'm so sorry. Oh, you just see the little baby in the toilet. And not understanding what it is and you, you look at it really close and you realize oh my goodness like I just I just lost my baby like my baby's in the toilet like and there was just like blood clots everywhere and I and I was just in the hospital remembering that day that was the last time I went to the hospital and that was the last that's when I we had heard that I couldn't have any more babies so I remember just sitting there and the same doctor that told me you have zero chances to have a kid was the same doctor who came in. And I remember he was like, okay, like we, I, I know you know what we're going to do, but we still need to take a test and we have to do an ultrasound before we give you the shot to deter, you know, to take the baby out. So I was like, oh, okay. So I remember I took the blood test, it came out positive, then we did the ultrasound, and I remember I had to go into the ultrasound by myself, and, you know, the lady wasn't saying anything at all, she was just taking pictures, and I was just closing my eyes, just crying the whole time, so I didn't notice anything in the ultrasound or whatever, 
I was just sitting there and just closing my eyes, letting her do whatever she needed to do because I already knew, you know, right after this, the doctor's going to look at the ultrasound, he's going to look at the stuff, and then he's going to come in with two shots and they're going to shoot me in the bottom left side of my booty area and then I'm going to feel this burning sensation and then the next day I'll start bleeding a lot and it's because that's what the shot does. So I believe it was like two hours that we were in the hospital waiting for the doctor to come in and he finally comes into the room and he looks puzzled. So now I'm worried because I'm like, great, like what's going on? I don't know what's going on. I'm scared now. So I'm thinking the worst. I'm like, you know what? It's not a baby. It's like a tumor. And this guy's going to tell me that I have like a month to live. Like I'm scared. So he sits down and he's like, listen, you are three months pregnant. And he goes, and honestly, I cannot see the infection or the scars that you had in your tubes. He's like, you still have those scars and the infection in one tube, but the other tube that also had the scars and the infection doesn't have it at all. And he's like, you're going to have a baby. I remember looking at William and just crying. And I just held him in my arms and I'm like, God heard me. Like, he heard me. I begged him and I thank God. And he, he, he gave me what I, what I cried, what I, what I desired. So I remember, like, it was like... It was like a dream come true. Symphony became our rainbow baby. And I'm in, I'm in tears, guys. I'm so sorry. Let's just say that this week I'm going to be a lot in tears because I love my babies. I love my kids. And when I speak about my kids, I get very emotional. So I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, um, Symphony became my rainbow baby. And um, I remember everything about her was chosen by God you know her name everything I remember always asking God like you know I I even asked God like how do you want her room to be like what kind of designs and what kind of decorations and you know I remember having dreams with teddy bears dancing ballet and I went and I got her a ballet themed with Bear's room set for her crib. And I remember when it came to her name, me and William fought about it because I was like, no, I want, I used to love Twilight, the vampire movie. <laughs> so I'm like, I want to name her Bella Renesme. And he's like, no, I don't want to name her that. I want to name her Symphony. And I was like, no, that name is so ugly. I don't want Symphony. And he's like, okay, like, fine. We'll name her Belle. Um, but one night, I there was a night where I just had a troubled night. I couldn't sleep. You know, she was moving everywhere. So I started reading this book that my sister had given me. And it was like Princess um, Letters to Princess from Your God or from Your Father. And I remember I'm like, God, I don't know what you're trying to tell me. But I'm awake. And I remember I wish, oh my God. The, bu- the book is upstairs in my room and I don't want to get it. But I remember what I read that day. And the letter was something like, 
my princess, your life is like a symphony to me. And right there, I just started crying. And it was like two in the morning and I legit woke William up and I said in tears, I'm like, her name is Symphony. That's going to be her name because God wants that to be her name. So he was like, okay. And I'm like, but I still want Bella. And William's like, Maria, Symphony Bella is not a nice name. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Like, can we name her after my favorite Disney movie then? And he's like, okay, so what's your favorite Disney movie? I'm like, Beauty and the Beast. And he's like, so you want to call her Beauty and the Beast? I'm like, no, let's call her Symphony Bell. So Symphony was named Symphony Bell. I went through a lot of complications in that pregnancy, guys. I ended up with gestational diabetes, high blood pressure. My daughter's heart rate wasn't wasn't where the doctors wanted it to be. My heart rate wasn't where the doctors wanted wanted it to be. Um, I was constantly in the hospital, constantly in the hospital, um, getting checked, getting my heart checked, getting everything checked. I had to poke myself every single day, check my blood pressure and, and just, you know, I couldn't eat the things I wanted to eat because of the diabetes. So I went through a lot in her pregnancy, even all the way through labor. My high, my blood pressure was really, really high. Which, if you know anything, if you if you're a mom and you have given birth, you know that having a high blood pressure is not good, especially when you're going into labor, and it was just crazy. But to make this short, so we could get into prayer, um, this was just a little testimony that I wanted to share for those moms who you know, for those girls, for those women that want to have babies and it's not happening. My encouragement to you is don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. Be like Sarah. Believe in the promise. God himself promises that he will bless us. And the word says, ask and you shall receive according to his will. God will bless you. So don't lose hope. Um, But another thing that I wanted to tell you guys is that I remember that day the doctor after giving us the news that Symphony was born, that Symphony was in my belly. I remember he told me that after I gave birth, he was going to um, follow up with the with the surgery to remove the tubes because he's like, you still have you still have a really bad infection in on the other side of the tube, and we just we can't risk it. You're too young. You're gonna have a third baby. We just can't risk it. And even through my pregnancy and all the complications, my doctors already seen the records and they were like, we highly recommend you removing both tubes. So I was like, okay, fine. You know, if it's, if it's what's best for my kids, I'll do whatever I need to do that's best for my kids. So I remember the day I gave birth to her, like two days later, by the way, because of the gestational diabetes and the high blood pressure, Usually you're in the hospital for like two to three days. I was there for a whole week, a whole entire week. Symphony lost a lot of weight. Symphony didn't want to eat. And I, my blood pressure just would not go down at all. So they kept me there for almost a week and a half before me going home. So then I remember when they were getting ready to do the surgery. Plus I also stayed because they were going to do the surgery. Um... When they were going to do the surgery, they had to do like ultrasounds and stuff like that. And 
my doctor comes in and he's like, listen, we don't know what's going on, but um, we cannot operate you. And I'm like, okay. And um, I'm like, oh, what are the reasons? And they were like, well, um, there's something in your, I think it's the placenta. I don't, I don't remember what it, what it, what it is, but there's something, um, something in your, in your body that has, to, that once you give birth, it goes smaller. Oh my goodness. I forgot what it was. But anyways, whatever that thing was, it was still big as if I was still pregnant. So it didn't go down how, the way it's supposed to once you give birth. So because of that, they cannot do any type of operations or whatever. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. So they kept um, I, um, they kept giving me like ultrasound and stuff like that. It still wasn't going down. I don't understand why, but I do know now that God was not finished. You know, when God fixes a problem, it stays fixed. God was not finished because God was like, oh. You asked me to fix the problem. I'm fixing it. So, um, yeah, once it's fixed, we can't unfix it. That's just God. That's who he is. And let me tell y'all, four years later, I end up pregnant with my five-year-old now, which is Brooklyn Ivy. And, you know, she also was a rainbow baby because I I actually had two miscarriages before getting pregnant with Brooklyn. So she became my little rainbow baby. And me and my my husband, me and the love of my life, we share two beautiful girls and we are the parents of four beautiful kids. Cause even if my son and my daughter are not blood related to him, if you guys were to ever personally meet him, you would not even know that he's not biologically their dad because he treats all four of my children equally. So yeah, so let's get into prayer. I hope this encourages you. If you are someone struggling with getting pregnant, don't worry. I know, I know and I'm believing for you that in God's time, you will have that bundle of joy and you will be able to enjoy motherhood. So let's be like Sarah, you know, let's, I say let's laugh at life because life is, is too short to be sad. Let's, let's. Let's laugh at the crazy things that we see as impossible, but God makes it possible. And let's just have faith and trust in him that he will do what we ask of him and he is faithful. So let's hold on to that faith. And I'm praying for you mommies and I'm praying for you ladies who want to become mommies. I'm praying for you guys. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I first come to you saying thank you. Thank you for the four beautiful children you have gifted me with. Thank you for gifting me with with motherhood. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says that you, that children are a gift from you. Thank you, God, for seeing the worth in me to gift me something as precious as my children, Lord. Father, I want to pray for those women who are going through the frustration and impatience and confusion and sadness and are longing for a child. Lord Jesus, help them to rely on the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. 
We recall women in the Bible who struggled to conceive, such as Sarah, Elizabeth, Hannah, Rebecca, and many more. Lord, but you made a miracle. You allowed them to conceive when they humbled themselves and asked you, Lord, with faith. I ask you, Lord, that right now, that if there is a baby growing in every belly of a woman that has been longing for this, Lord. Father, that you bless them. Lord, I also want to pray over those women who are holding babies in their bellies right now. Father, keep them healthy. You know, soothe them and prepare them to become beautiful and amazing mothers, Lord. And I ask you for all those teen moms, Lord. Encourage them. Give them the... Give them a spirit of encouragement, Lord. Remind them that they're not alone, that they aren't the first or the last ones to go through this situation of being mommies at a really young age. I ask you, Lord, to bless them, to bless them that they are able to finish school and become great in the future for their children, Lord. I ask you this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me in prayer today. I want to encourage you to get deeper with the Lord through prayer, whether it's in your car, bedroom, workplace, or that secret place you have set apart for our Father. Remember that prayer is one of the keys to this beautiful journey with Jesus. So don't be discouraged and don't lose hope. Your prayers are being heard and answered. Always know that God's timing is perfect. Keep the faith and enjoy your day. Join me next time for morning prayers with your anchored girl, Maria. Thank you.